Hey everybody, this is an introduction to ION 2020, the first couple episodes I'm going to tag this introduction to, just because when I first started podcasting, I was really new to it, and I didn't understand how sound worked, I didn't really understand the format of podcasting and so forth, so if you'll bear with me on the first 15 to 20 shows or so, I guarantee if you get through those ones, you'll uh, start enjoying a lot of the topics that we cover on this show. I do have a Monday through Friday show, so if you want to subscribe to the show, you can do that as well. You can listen to the newer episodes, but if you're one of those people that starts at episode one and then goes through, just keep that in mind that I was brand new to podcasting at the time, and I'd really appreciate you subscribing to the show, though. I welcome you to listen to another perspective on the 2020 election. I take a libertarian take on these things, and if you like to hear a different take on the 2020 election then definitely this is a place for you, okay? So thank you for joining me, and uh, go ahead and subscribe to the show so you can hear the show tomorrow, the brand new shows that we put out day in and day out, Monday through Friday, okay? Ion 2020, episode five. Thank you for joining me on the I on 2020 podcast. My name is Ray Eaton, and I will be your host as we move towards November of 2020. I plan to do all the research on these presidential candidates so you don't have to. So if you like politics, enjoy, because if 2020 is anything like 2016, we are in for a treat. Oh, and did I mention I'm a libertarian through and through? And I'm back. Thank you for tuning in to the Eye on 2020 podcast. This is Ray Eaton. I am your host. And once again, we're going to be looking into the 2020 election. Uh, and I just have a little bit of information that I've pulled up earlier today. And I wanted to go ahead and go over that. It's uh, I found this on the NewYorkMagazine.com. And it's just a talks about one new candidate that just seems like he's going to announce soon, and that's Jay Inslee. He's the uh, governor of Washington, and he is uh, going to be running on the Democratic ticket. It seems like this Democratic, uh, these Democratic hopefuls are going to be, there's going to be quite a few of them going into 2020. There's going to be a crowded field, and I don't know if you remember uh, several years ago, um, in 2000, what was it, 2015, uh, just before the election, the 2016 elections, you had a hugely crowded field of uh, Republicans that were running. You, I think you had one debate where there was 12 or 13 people on the stage, but there was way more than that that were running because they had to do a second debate where they brought some of the, the lower-tiered candidates on as well. So I think there was like 20 people running at one time for the Republican ticket back in 2015. So you might get something similar to that this year with the 2020 Democrat side. You're not going to have, you know, too many Republicans. If you happen to have one person that runs against Trump, I'd be surprised. Um, but they were saying that, what is that government of Kasich of Ohio is considering doing it. But I don't really see more than just Kasich running against Trump unless something, you know, crazy happens between now and then, which, you know, never, you never can tell in this day and age, especially in the, in the age of Trump, because uh, things do change daily. And the press is really, you know, 
uh, attacking him from all sides, which um, they did the same thing to Obama as well. So you never know what's going to happen. But um, moving on to this, moving on to this. Uh, Moving on to this article in the New York Magazine that I found, it talks about uh, this gentleman, Jay Inslee, who is the the governor of Washington, and they're calling him a single-issue candidate. And they say, typically, that single-issue candidates don't really work out too well in presidential elections. There's been some in the past. Uh, you had Ross, Ross Perot was against NAFTA, um, but he was an independent that was running on his own back in the 90s. Uh, you've had several, you know, recently as well with the last presidential election. There was one gentleman um, that garnered like 0.001% of the vote for uh, for Democrats, and obviously he was going against Hillary, and no one wanted to go against Hillary back then. So, you know, these single-issue vote, single-issue candidates, but this particular single-issue candidate, um, Mr. Inslee, he or Governor Inslee of Washington, he, his single issue is climate change. And he said that he is not going to allow, you know, that's going to be his number one issue for the campaign. It's not going to be the third thing he talks about, the fourth thing he talks about. Every single time he's asked a question, every single speech he gives is going to be about the need for climate, for the government to do something about climate change and specifically global warming. So, um, and he uses... He uses this an analogy. He says, what if a meteor were hurtling toward the Earth, about to kill a millions and reshape life on the planet as we know it? And what if the president, instead of doing anything to help, made it worse in just about every way and called it a hoax? And any solutions, a scam, instead of the very real, very clear disaster taking shape? And what if all the Democrats running to beat him in the next election went on and on about how concerned they were and how it's our most pressing problem, but none had ever done much more than talk about the problem and for the most part only started doing what, doing that in just the last few years. That's where Jay Inslee thinks America is when it comes to climate change, and that's why he's going to run for president. So he is definitely going to be addressing the issue of climate change. And, you know, libertarians, I think that there's a little bit of division among libertarians on this issue. Um, there's obviously some kind of, there's obviously climate change, and then it really comes down to, you know, what human beings are contributing to it. But my biggest issue is what human beings can do to fix it. Because is it need, does it need to be done by force of government or does it need to be done through market incentives or what do you do i mean that's the hardest issue to really figure out because that's just a matter of you know hundreds upon hundreds of countries in in this world that are going to be fighting over this issue if america does something they say you know if america reduces its carbon footprint by a hundred percent today it still wouldn't affect climate the forecasted climate change because you'd have actors like China and India out there um, that they're just going to keep on you know increasing their carbon footprint on the earth so what are we going to do we're going to go back and take Americans into the stone age in order to counteract almost nothing and I don't know that that's the right fix and I just don't see 
you know, from a libertarian perspective, it's a very, that's a very hard question to answer. And I just don't see, uh, I just, I just don't see that as a, as a possible, I don't see very many easy solutions to this problem. Um, I am against government intervention in the economy and I'm against government intervention in something like this, uh, especially when it comes to global warming. Um, because do you really put people into poverty just to fix something like that? I'm really not sure. So, um, but this gentleman right here, that's what he's going to be going after the governor, governor of Washington state. He's going to be going, he's, he's going to be a single issue candidate, uh, Jay Ansley, governor of Washington state. He's going to be a single issue candidate on the issue of global warming and, who knows, that might actually work for him. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, kids nowadays, especially, you know, kids that are, kids that are, you know, the millennial generation, they really do believe in this global, they really do believe in global warming as a huge issue. It's something that they are taught in school. I mean, I have two kids that are taught in school now. They're in, um, in elementary school, and that's one of the main things they talk about is global warming and climate change and the need to, you know, protect the earth and so forth. So these kids have been, you know, brainwashed by these people for, for their entire lives. So somebody like that might get some good, good amount of votes from the younger generation who are fickle to, those, that generation is very fickle to vote anyway, but you do have, you know, the younger liberals and you have the older liberals that believe in that stuff as well, and they believe in government intervention in the economy. They believe in government intervention in the issues of climate change. So I just, you know, it might be something that at least puts him on the map in the beginning. But I haven't heard anyone talk about him on the news, and I haven't heard anyone talk about him as a serious contender for 2020. But I just wanted to bring that up because he's going to be that single issue candidate. Is Bill Weld going to run for president uh, in 2020 on the Libertarian ticket? That's that's something that people are wondering about, and there's been many, many articles have been written about that as well. Uh, he was a he was the vice presidential candidate on the Libertarian ticket back in 2016, and um, you had he ran with Gary Johnson, who Gary Johnson specifically said that he's not going to run for president, and Bill Weld, Weld is kind of positioning himself to do that. Now he is loved and hated in the libertarian circles, mostly hated by the, you know, the extreme, you know, the anarcho-capitalist type libertarians, but those guys don't vote anyway. Um, so I don't think that they're really concerned about that too much. Now there is the Mises caucus within the libertarian movement that has been sending people to the libertarian conventions. I think in 2018, they sent a group to the libertarian conventions and they did get uh, you know, a lot of support out there, and I've, I've heard the likes of Tom Woods and a few other libertarians that have gotten out there and joined the Mises Caucus and actually joined the Libertarian Party so they could become members of the Mises Caucus. So there might be a little bit of influence on who the Libertarian Party chooses as their candidate because of some of these people that are the newer faces in the Libertarian movement that are a little bit more on the, um, you know, the, the anarcho-capitalist type movement within the libertarian party so i mean i was not a big fan of bill weld i think that you know it's exciting that you can get somebody that is, used to be a governor of a state um to
to be running on the libertarian ticket, but these guys were wishy-washy libertarians as it is. Um, Gary Johnson, you know, he speaks good base-level libertarian views about keeping government out of your bedroom and keeping, you know, taxes low and things like that. But, and, you know, Bill Weld's the same way. And, you know, they were probably good as governors and they were probably good um, on a lot of issues, but they're still you know, not as extreme as some, as some people would like them to be. And I think that that was where the, um, the, you know, the more anarcho-capitalist libertarians are going to be parting ways with that guy. So he's looking into the 2020 bid, and I found an article that I wanted to talk about. It says, in 2016, this is from boston.com, and it says, in 2016, Mitt Romney said he wishes the libertarian ticket was reversed so that fellow former Massachusetts governor Bill Weld was the party's presidential nominee instead of Gary Johnson, the former New Mexico governor. In 2020, Romney may get his wish. Weld, the 2016 libertarian vice presidential nominee and perennial political candidate, now appears to be laying the groundwork for a presidential run. According to the libertarian magazine, Reason, the 72-year-old former Republican government has been touring libertarian state conventions, fundraising, and endorsing the party's local candidates, such as Dan Fisherman, a Johnson Weld campaign staffer and libertarian candidate for Massachusetts auditor. Who knows, is what Bill Weld told Boston Globe last fall, laughing off a question of a 2020 run. The most I've said is I'm still libertarian, and as the years roll by, I'll probably want to be involved in the discussions leading up to 2020 in support of the Libertarian Party efforts there. I take this stuff seriously, Bill Weld wrote, told Reason Magazine, uh, but I'm sincere when I say that I'm not talking about who is going to do the Libertarian race in 2020. I'm just here to say that I think that it's a race that has some real potential to go the distance. Now, they are obviously talking about that because it's going to be them against a huge pool of Democrats and also Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is a, um, they thought was a weak candidate back in 2016. And they're thinking that he's going to be a weak candidate in 2020 as well, I'm sure. So um, you could have an, an issue or a, a time when you have a really strong libertarian candidate. I mean, Gary Johnson got, I think it was two or three percent of the vote, which is the most the libertarian has ever gotten. So a Bill Weld might be able to garner two or three percent of the vote as well. You might even have a bigger turnout for someone like him. He might even get onto the debate stage. Who knows? Um, I mean, that's a possibility. So you never know what's going to happen. But with Bill Weld in the race, you know, for the libertarian ticket, depending upon how it goes at the conventions, I've never been to one before, but depending on how it goes at the conventions, it might work out for him to become the libertarian nomination nominee because you know there are a lot of people that supported Gary Johnson he didn't he didn't win by a landslide but he did win and you're going to have those old-time libertarians those people that are um, really looking for somebody that has a popular a populist type message to get out there and, and hold the mantle for the libertarian party and you know Gary Johnson did a poor job of it lots of mistakes at first he seemed like he was doing okay but he just made a lot of mistakes that just became um you know comic relief on late night tv comic relief there on msnbc 
But you know what? He did get onto those onto those networks. He was probably interviewed at least five, four or five times a week by these by these networks. So it may have helped the Libertarian Party to at least get a little bit of um, a little bit of you know the message out there a little bit. But maybe a Bill Weld can help out. Who knows? Um, he seems like he's a good speaker for the speaker for you know, a limited government type movement, but they never really talk too much about, you know, being libertarian specifically. And that's kind of an issue that I had with them as well. So, um, Bill Weld running for president in 2020, most likely that's going to happen on the libertarian ticket. Um, now let's talk about some of the other candidates that may be possible for the libertarian ticket as well. Some people have floated the name Tom Woods out there because, I mean, that guy is just an immaculate speaker for the movement. That guy does so much. He works so hard. He's, um, he just, when, when I watch him speak, when I watch him give speeches, um, I'll sit there on YouTube for, you know, an hour just watching him in multiple speeches that he gives just because he knows how to present the message so well. When I say that, that guy is a, He's a Harvard graduate. He has a PhD uh, from, I think, from NYU. He has all the credentials. He, he's a great speaker. He can articulate the message very well, better than almost anybody in the movement. And that would be somebody that can get on the stage and do a debate and win a, and win a debate. He might even change some minds in the process, and he is going to stick to his guns when it comes to the issues. I don't believe that, you know, a Bill Weld would do something like that. He's going to, a Bill Weld is going to kind of, um, you know, go soft on the issues. He's going to try to explain them away and things of that nature. He's not going to be like a Ron Paul who just goes straight, you know, digs straight into the, um, the Rudy Giuliani's on stage. You know, that's what Ron Paul did. And, and a Tom Woods would most likely do that. He would explain it in a way that would be articulate. He would explain it in a way that would make sense to the common man. And that is definitely a good thing. Um, so a Tom Woods running on the Libertarian ticket, I just, I, I don't know that that's going to happen. I don't see that happen. He, I think the guy has like five or six girls to deal with. And all of them are, or none of them are grown up right now. So I couldn't imagine, you know, trying to go out there and campaign in a situation like that. Um, but I mean, it's, it's possible. And then you have, um, other, other people in the movement as well that you've heard, um, Adam Kokesh, I think. And what is that? That's the guy, I haven't done too much research on him, but I think he's an ex-military veteran. Um, but he is very outspoken, um, in the anti-war movement, I believe. And he's, he's an anarcho-capitalist, I believe. And like I said, I haven't done a lot of research on him, but I've heard that name floated out there. I think he even announced that he's going to run for the Libertarian ticket in 2018, kind of like June or July 2018. So that's a possibility. But as we hear more about the Libertarian nomination, or people that are going to be running for the Libertarian nomination, I will talk more about that as well on this podcast. So stay tuned and do not go anywhere. Just subscribe to this podcast, like this podcast, send me comments, whatever you can do. I want to make this thing better. Um, I want to go in the right direction with this podcast. And, uh, you know, 
We're going to focus in on libertarian candidates. We're going to focus in on Democrat candidates. We're going to focus in on Republican candidates. I will focus in on all different types of candidates because I want to make sure that um, you are aware of who's running, what they're running against, what they're running for. And like the song says from Raging Against Machine, you got to know your enemy. And uh, that's what we're going to do. So enjoy the podcast and uh, please come back again and listen soon. <laughs>